0: Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Good morning,
1: you <coughs> and <I'm coughs> joining us online, it's good to share with you. So, how many in here were at church this morning?
2: Thank
1: you. Good day is over. I finished my sermon, and <laughs> there is no more class. Thank you. I think um, some of you let's see who was here last week? Okay. For those of you that were here last week, and I know I gave you a lot of stuff last week and we spent a long time on this. So I made you copies of all of it off my slides, so you can kind of follow or try to follow what we talked about last week about Luther and the bondage of the will. Uh, if anybody online that wants any of this, you can send me an email, uh, at A-O-L.com. You can get this, or you can, if you wish, have the whole copy of the uh, the whole presentation. It's all on stick, and I can send you a whole copy of that if you wish. So uh, that's where we are. Um, I realized that after talking about all that last week we didn't even get to the fourth petition we have the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh and conclusion to do today
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you're going to be a fast talker.
4: (laughs) we better not talk at all
1: (laughs) let me start with reading a psalm to you since it was mentioned in the sermon this morning I'm going to read you part of Psalm 51 have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts and you teach me wisdom in the most inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let, your, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Psalm 51. That wasn't the whole psalm I stopped at. What verse did I stop at? I stopped at verse 12, okay? David's Psalm. I think for me, if we're going to focus anything on these last petitions, we can talk about the fourth petition, and we kind of touched on this last week, give us this day our daily bread and understand what Luther means by daily bread. And very simply, to put it in a nice concise way, Luther means by daily bread everything. Everything we have is God's. That's tough for us sometimes to understand that because most of us labor for the things we have. Most of us struggle to have some of the things that we have. And so to say that's Totally, gods is sometimes taught. It goes against that what I call our human nature. It goes against what we feel inside of us. Actually when you begin to get to all these petitions and understand the Lord's prayer we should have a struggle all the time with the Lord's prayer. Everything that we say everything that we we believe in this prayer and understand it for ourselves Goes against our nature. That's why I tried to say to you last week when I was talking about the bondage of the will and Luther's whole feeling on the bondage of the will and how important it was for him to understand totally what that grace meant. That Luther's basic premise, which is difficult for us because we live in a sophisticated world. We live with science and everything else that we have. We look at everything that we have accomplished as human beings to understand Luther's whole concept that we're totally nothing. That we can accomplish nothing without God. (coughs) That is a real struggle. That is a real challenge. But for Luther, unless you understood that, unless he understands where he comes from from that, that's where for Luther then that G word, grace, becomes so important. Well, it becomes everything. Because we are placed ourselves into the grace of God. And that even for Luther, as I said last, few, last week and shared last week, that when it even gets to make, and I hate this word, but I will use it, when it even becomes to make a decision for the Lord, we don't do it. It's already God who is working within us to create that decision. You know, I've said to you, this is going to be the third week I'm going to say it, and I will say it as much as I can in all my life. Every time I understand Luther's explanation to the third article, it summarizes for me everything that Luther wants us to understand about God's grace and will for our lives. When he said, and again, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason nor strength, Believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, nor come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctify and keeps me in the one true faith. Even as he calls, gathers, enlightens the whole
5: Christian church on earth. The Holy Spirit.
1: And again, I repeat myself from last week. We Lutherans have a problem with the Holy Spirit.
5: We struggle with the Holy Spirit. We can talk about the Father. We don't have any problems with the Father.
1: We can talk about the Son. We have no problems with the Son. And when it comes to that Spirit, it's a real struggle for us. And, you know, I gave a story last week to you as a child. I grew up and I ended up across the street one Friday night in a Pentecostal church. And I saw that Holy Spirit having them roll on the floor. And I didn't want any more to do with the Holy Spirit. Okay. But that's key. And I think that's key for you to go into these rest of these petitions. It's key for us to understand the fourth petition. God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to evil people. Oh, I'm not quite sure if we like that little part in there. God ought to be selective And who he gives daily bread to. <laughs> but we pray in a position he would lead us to realize this and receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Again, when I go back to it and say to you, can we do that without
5: understanding the Holy Spirit working in our life? What is our natural tendency? When you see somebody in your neighborhood that doesn't go to church,
1: that doesn't believe, that just seems to negate it all, and they seem to be doing awfully well
5: And the material blessings just seem to come. That's why I said to you, maybe it should say here, without our parents, but not
6: to evil people. We wouldn't get any food either. Well, we wouldn't get any food to <laughs> If we really
1: understood that, like, yes, we would. Okay, but, see how that, that struggle, that's where that Tension comes in our lives. That tension is always there for us. Okay? Um, I think in uh, the Harry Huxabot in his book on great prayers, give us this daily bread. We acknowledge our dependence on God for everything
5: that supports our life. That's hard. That's really difficult. Matthew Matthew 6.34 Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will
1: worry itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Oh, and I like
5: those smiles on your face. We all understand that one. Okay. You can't add one second to your life by worrying.
1: Who was it, Carol? You can help me out. Who was it that always told me she never worries? Evraim. Yes.
5: Mm-hmm. From, yes. A congregation. From my
1: first congregation up in Baltimore. She told me she never
0: worried.
1: Never worried. Never worried about a thing. Would put her in charge of anything. <laughs>
0: she,
1: didn't she didn't worry. She was never always sure how it was going to get done. <laughs> She didn't like the word word. worry. I think she used other words at that time, but you know,
3: the word worry, okay.
1: All right, so again, I said, you gotta
5: understand these petitions in terms of, for when you mention in the large
1: catechism Lutherites, or when you mention and pray for daily bread, you pray for everything that is necessary in order to have and enjoy daily bread, and on the other hand, against everything which interferes with it. I'm not sure if you ever thought about that.
5: Not only are you praying for something, you are also asking that something wouldn't happen. You didn't even
1: think about that one sometime. Okay. That's what Luther tries to say in this petition. This petition includes everything belongs to our or life in the world because on account of alone we need daily bread. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. I, if you want a copy of this, I will give you all the copies I want to get to the... I always thought this was a great comment. For when he withdraws his hand, nothing can prosper nor be maintained in the end as it is, now, I want you to remember when Luther wrote this, okay? When he throughout the writing in the 1500s, okay? I want you to read this and tell me sometimes we think it's very contemporary. For when he withdraws his hand, nothing can prosper not to be maintained in the end, as indeed we, see da- it, we daily see an experience. How much trouble there is now in the world only on account of bad coin, yeah, on account of daily oppression, and the raising of prices in the common trade, <laughs> bargaining and labor on the part of those who wantonly oppress the poor and deprive them of their daily bread. Do <clears> these <throat> things, things have changed much in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <of> the names and faces change. But uh, this, the common in which is that opposite side, But let them take care that they do not lose the common intercourse and beware, lest his petition in the Lord's prayer be what? Against Against them. them. (laughs) Give us this day our daily bread. Not only is it asking for the blessings and acknowledging the blessings, it also is really saying to God, there are those who aren't doing that you know what needs to be done. That didn't say, we know what needs to be done. It says, you know what needs to be done.
3: Yes, sir? That gets about the that word devout on the previous slide. You don't have to turn to it. Oh, okay, because I don't know if I can get back there. Devout, 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 devout. And one of them was devout workers. And that implies that we should be devout workers. Or another way of heart is said, when you do your work, do it as unto the Lord. But if you build houses, build it as if it were for the Lord, for instance. I didn't hear that until after I retired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is hard work. Well, that's why Luther, in, in some of his writings reminds us that no matter what the job is we do, I don't care what it is we should do it the best we can because as we do it the best we can we're actually acknowledging this petition okay it's a real struggle and I said to you it's a constant battle it's a constant struggle Keep this in mind because we get to this wonderful petition that comes next. The fifth petition. I was glad uh, it was up on the screen this morning so I don't have to read it again. <laughs> and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. By the way. I know that the text says deaths. Do you know what the word trespass means? If you see a sign that says no trespassing, what does it mean? Don't go there. Don't go there. there. You understand what Luther is trying to understand? Don't go there. How often do we trespass? And whether you want to use the Ten Commandments, which is the ideal for us, how easy is it for us to trust? And anyway, sometimes I think the sign, don't trespass, is as tempting as the sign on the bench that says, wet paint. <laughs> 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 now, you can't tell me there isn't anybody in this room that when they saw the sign that says wet paint, doesn't go up and touch Make sure. Okay? And make sure. Well, I like to see that sometimes with the word trespass. It says don't trespass. Uh, let's just push it a little bit. Okay? Just a little bit. I think Again, see what Luther says, and you heard it in the sermon this morning. Would not look at our sins, what nor the de- or deny our prayer because of them. Mm-hmm. We don't ever think about that. Okay, we are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that you would give us. Give them to all to all to us by there's that word. Grace. For we daily sin much. Anybody in here done sin?
0: Oh we ranked didn't sin.
1: <laughs> because some people this, some people tentative. what you know I like to call we uh, we um, we rank and order sins. That's what a lot of people do. They rank an artist's sins. So I haven't done any of the big ones, whatever the big ones are. A murder, and all the rest of those things. You know, somebody used to say, "I've never stolen." And then I've said to them, "Have you always given all the time that you have to your job? Have you ever done something home?" <laughs> ever take a break too long (coughs) the concept yes John
6: I always say how much harm can one piece of fruit do it's just a piece of fruit how much harm can that do
1: (laughs) when I worked for the government as a chaplain in the VA one of the things they had the most difficulty have in the hospital that always seemed to disappear were these little black things that said U.S. government on them called pens. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. Yeah. clears throat> and actually everybody liked them, but they were the best writing instruments thing just disappeared? You no, know, it's the little thing. It's the little thing. It's not the big things. I do have to give a story about what I learned about stealing, I guess, I don't even care if I even told you this one, when I was in high school, and I'd walk back and forth to high school, and I had to walk by this filling station. Back then, I guess they are filling stations, gas stations, I don't know whatever you called them back then. And
5: I was also tinkering with a car that I had. And... One day, I went to the gas station,
1: and I was talking to the guy, and I said to him something about spark plugs. And he said to me, oh, I know what kind of spark plugs you need for your car. Um, they're, they're on that rack over there. And I said to him, how much are they? He told me, and i okay. So for the next couple of weeks, I go visit that gas station. And there were a lot of people in the gas station so guess where a spark plug disappeared to occasionally no oh yeah not me (laughs) and one day I was out in the garage and I was working on the car and my father came out and he
5: said to me where would you get those spark plugs So I said to him so I had I
3: couldn't lie. Could so I had steal. I told him, my, my, I, I, I told him, I said,
1: well dad I know this was the story. Did. Dad, I borrowed them from the gas station. I'll give back
2: dollars.
5: <laughs> he said he gave me the whole lecture. And then he said, You have to take them back. I said, can't I just go to them and pay for them? Just give them the money? Uh-uh. Okay. You have to take the spark plugs, give them to the owner, tell them what you did, and then if you want to buy them, you can buy them. But you have to go back, tell him what you did, and that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. About some difficult things in life that you have to end up doing, I remember
1: doing that. I don't remember how long it took me to go back. <laughs> yes. But you see, those are, when you're thinking about that's a little thing, you know. I sometimes think we think about, you know, we think about it in grocery stores, and we think about it in other places. You know, if I happen to be going down the aisle and there's a candy bar there that, you know. I've seen people do this, okay? They'll open a bag of chips,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they'll eat the chips or half the bag of chips, they'll put the chips back on the shelf. Yeah. the shelf. Oh, no. oh. Yeah, but, and, and you know stores have to do what well with them? You have to throw them away. And then if you catch anybody or ask them, well, you know, it's not costing us anything because they make so much money in this place they're not going to miss a bag of chips. Or okay. taking a grape to see if it's fresh. I've oh, oh, never thought about mother, that. Uh, I've never done that.
6: I haven't it's either because my thing. mother
4: did not allow <laughs> anything. <to get> <laughs> what did You have to find out if they're any good or not.
2: Father, oh, well, oh, forgive right. me. I've
4: learned all kinds of things okay. in
1: this class. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right. Yeah, <laughs> the store? Well, yeah. buy the all right, all right, I'll get you back. <laughs> I, I, had a real good time. I was a lot younger than you were. I, wait, wait, wait.
0: I was a lot younger than you were. But um I was in a little grocery store, country grocery store, and they had candy in barrels, you know, wrapped candy, and you could just you bought it, but you, I thought I could just pick it up. I went out of the store with my mother, and my mother saw me with the candy. And she said, where did you get the candy? And I said, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, I think you got it in Smith's store. The Smith's was the name of the store. And I said, well, maybe so. And she said, well, we're going to go back. We're going to take that back, and you're going to tell them you're sorry. Whoa! That was the hardest thing, and I remember that when you were talking about Mm. the spark plugs and the creeps and all that. Yeah, it does. It does.
1: It just helps us to understand. I tell you this, sir, because it seems so simple to us when it's happening. Okay, it doesn't seem like a big thing, but you see, it's do not trespass. That's right. Yes, Larry. If you're
3: not tithing, you're stealing from somebody Uh. (laughs) else (laughs) too.
1: Well, it depends. You know how you look at giving. Are you looking at giving as something? Are you give, Are you looking as giving is giving back to God, a portion of what He's given you. Or are you giving because I need to give a part of what I have? Okay, that goes back to the fourth petition again. Whose is it all? Whose fries are they? Now, whose is it? Whose is it? Now, you know, the other one I used to kid about with that one, if you're just going to use the word giving or concept of tithing, is, I, you know, everybody has a heart and they love the word tithing and gives 10%. But psychologically, I want you to think about that. That I means 10% to God, and how much do you keep? 90%? What's wrong with this picture? Just think about it. All right, again, trust path, move across the line. We all do it. We all, I won't put you all on the spot, but how many of you, when it says 35, drive exactly 35? (laughs) Uh, Not one What? (laughs) nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I can't pedal my bike like that. <laughs> that's good right, you're not great. Right? Yeah. I have, that's another truthful one for me. Since my confirmation <laughs> class had given me the, the nickname called Pastor Faster, so you can all <laughs> figure faster. out Pastor. <laughs> 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 The last three petitions of Lord's Prayer deals with the matters of the heart, God's heart toward us. Forgive us our trespasses. By praying these words, we confess we are sinners. We sin every day and always stand in need of forgiveness. We ask the Heavenly Father to forgive our sins through his mercy in Jesus Christ. And that's so important for us to understand. Forgive us our trespasses. We are placing ourselves unto the mercy of God as it was said in the sermon this morning, it's not the justice of God. Because if it was the justice of God, none of us have a chance. None of us have a chance. It's the mercy of God. Forgive us our trespasses. I love this, this is such a beautiful section, in Living the Lord's Prayer, Richard Anderson writes, Grace is like the vast lake in the mountains, crystal clear, shimmering in the golden sunshine, and as pure as melted snow can be, unadulterated and uncontaminated. Grace Lake, however, is oceanic inside. It is unlimited. For no drought can empty it, nor can any thirst dry it up. This vast sea of grace came into being because of Jesus, lifted up upon the towering cross of Calvary, lovingly gave gave His life for you and for me and for everyone, everywhere, for... all time. That is one of the hardest ones for us to understand. If you thought bondage of the will and all that was hard to understand, Can you understand Jesus' death on the cross? That when Jesus said three words, it is finished, it was for everyone for all time. Is that petition conditional? I was going to get into that. Okay. Okay. I was going to... You're moving me right on. I knew I was going to have to get this. I was trying not to tackle that. (laughs) This is the... God wants and invites us to forgive one another through grace and strength of Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit... A forgiven heart
5: forgives.
1: When we forgive others, we show in our lives that we truly believe God has forgiven us. Oh. I don't look at it as conditional in terms of one is dependent upon the other, in a, this forgiveness depends on this forgiveness. I look at is as this forgiveness gives this forgiveness <coughs> in that terms of conditional. Can God
3: forgive my unforgiveness?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we sin <coughs> daily. 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 We sure hope so. Really. But well, don't we struggle with the one unforgivable sin that we talk about? Mm-hmm. What is the one unforg- unforgivable sin we talk about? Sin
2: against 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 the the Holy Holy
1: Spirit. Spirit. And then I've always said, if you ever ask the question, have I committed to sin against the Holy Spirit, you haven't done it. Because if you're asking the question, something's still at work in you. Just as we daily sin against God, and yet He forgives everything through, through grace, so we too must ever forgive our neighbor who does us injury, violence and wrong shows malice toward us and so on if therefore you do not forgive then do not think that God forgives you that's that Matthew passage but if you forgive you have this comfort and assurance that you are forgiven in heaven this is not because of your forgiveness for God forgives freely and without condition out of pure grace but he has promised as the gospel teaches but God says that in order to, be, in order that He may establish forgiveness as our confirmation assurance as a sign alongside of the promise. To me, the conditional is, "Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us." If you believe, God forgives you. The other should follow.
0: It's certainly a warning. Yeah, it is know, a warning, yes Jesus it? says, if you don't forgive, well, the Heavenly Father will not...
1: The Gospel reading for today about forgetting debts, yeah. okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and sometimes I think we forget that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, don't look at the <clears throat> speck in your brother's eye if you look at the log in your own eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I am so good, but you... I just don't know about you I know God forgives me but what you did to me mm, questionable but if I accept what God has forgiven me for that ought for me to understand me to forgive you and if you don't don't, don't. enough what what could happen well see to me what happens is I'm not not, see my question is the other way around my question is the other way around if God if I believe God does forgive me and I know that forgiveness leads to me forgiving others if
5: I don't forgive others do I really believe God has forgiven me if that's what he teaches her. Yes, sir? Yeah, Corey
6: Tenboom tells the story uh, about how at one of her lectures a, a person came up who turned out to be a prison guard during her time in one of the uh, camps, and how uh, she remembered him as being so very cruel and uh, tough on her and her sister. And I'm not certain about the the result of the story now, but he had asked her specifically for forgiveness because his heart had changed now. And it seems to me that the the story was she could not forgive him. Maybe somebody else knows differently. About. I don't remember that part of the story. I think it took her time. It? it took oh, time.
1: Time. the yeah. moment. And, that, and that's the yes. struggle, okay? It's it's, the struggle it's, it I doesn't mean...
6: It doesn't mean it's going to be instantaneous. The problem that she had was he didn't show any remorse. And he, in fact, had abused her sister. Okay, It wasn't just that he was like hitting them or taking their food away. Okay, And he was expecting their forgiveness without any remorse on his own part. And that's why I was saying it was hard because... He wasn't like David, and it's like, yeah, I am the man, and I should be. You should do this to me. He was just cheap grace. And That was where she hit the wall. Was that his attitude wasn't really? I guess he was doing the thing of I really didn't sin, or let's just pretend I didn't do that. He wasn't feeling remorse, and that's because I remember reading what you're talking about. That she couldn't because there was no remorse in what he did. He didn't take the spark plugs back.
5: You just
4: <laughs> <paid for it. laughs> yeah. Well, this is a toughie. Well, yeah. I I always thought that, that this was um a tough thing that God was telling us to do, kind of a test for us. Uh, can you forgive this person who did this terrible thing? blah blah blah. I've come to think that this Telling us to forgive others is a gift that God is giving us because whether the person is remorseful or not, maybe the person has died. Um, If you don't forgive, you carry the burden of that anger and that bitterness, and you're the one who suffers um, probably much more. Take a look at um, that story that Peter is mentioning whether Corey Ten Boom forgave that guard or not probably wouldn't have made a hell of beans worth of difference to the guard. You know, he was going to go off and do his thing and he would have not affected him. However, if she continued to carry that anger and lack of forgiveness, her life would be poisoned. And so I have come to think that that... Command of us to forgive is really a gift to us who were wronged. It's a freeing gift.
1: Yeah, I mean, psychologists. Don't bring psychologists into this. Psychologists help help us to understand is that when you don't forgive somebody, you give them the power. You have no power in and of yourself because if you're not forgiving them, they always that situation always seems to be there.
3: Yes, sir. This reminds me of something I heard about hate. And uh, it goes like something like this. The person who hates is like someone who drinks poison and expects the other
0: person to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's a very good point. That's good. That's right. Okay. Well, I said, and I'm
1: glad you said that, because it see, if we understand what God does for us, it frees us, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, if you think about the story from this morning, the debtor, okay? Okay, the one the one guy, and he's you know, and whatever numbers you want to use, you could use the numbers, but use the most extreme number you can think of. The the owner forgives him a hundred million dollars. If you were forgiven a hundred million dollars, all your debts forgiven, what do you feel? If somebody came, to, what was it, up in Canada? Yeah. Where did I read up in Canada? Chase Bank up in Canada, who's leaving Canada, <laughs> yeah. and so to clear out their books, they've wiped off every credit card debt that anybody in Canada owed to them.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in Canada. No, oh, just in Canada, <laughs> not here. Okay.
1: Okay. But when, that, when, that, when that's done, what does that do? It frees, it frees you. Okay? It frees you. Now I know some people just go back and make more debt, but that's a whole other story. Okay. But that maybe maybe that analogy is true. If somebody came into you and forgave you all your debt, <clears throat> would you stay debt free? <laughs> if somebody comes and forgives you all your sins, do we stay sin free? We sin all the time. Come on, now, give me be honest with me. And I have, to, I have to, do this myself sometimes. When you go up to the Lord's table and you hear our hearts, beginning of the service, all your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then you look over and you see somebody that cut you off in the parking lot. <laughs> or something real insignificant. You understand what how quickly we... Sin. How easy it is for us to sin.
4: Yes, ma'am. I I think that one of the things in that parable of the uh, unforgiving servant that jumps out at me is that he's thrown into prison and tortured, and that's what happens if you don't forgive someone. Mm-hmm. You are imprisoned by it it tor- tortures you um, it eats away at you and so I, that's what I think is important well, and, is and I think I, you can, if you
1: I've watched families go through that I've watched families go sure. through that I've watched spouses go through that when they're divorces Okay, and that kind of situation—you're right—it's
4: destructive. It's, a, it's destructive a, to the wronged person, it is. To the person that was hurt in the first place, and it's destructive to them. And so, if we could just get to the point, I read somewhere: if you can't forgive this person, um, at least say, "God help me, well, help me forgive." If that doesn't help, you say. God, help me want to forgive. Help me want to want to forgive. You know, it it just, it's a process. process. It's a process. process. And it is, and and, you know,
1: as it was was mentioned in the sermon this morning, forgive and forget, forget it. It doesn't work. Now we know that God does that. But we're not gods. So it's an online process. I like uh, the men, put it in the closet, close the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the next time you have it, put it in the closet, close the door. Some of you know you've got those kind of closets, too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't open the closet door. <laughs> but it is. It, 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 it's something that's going to go on. That's why this prayer brings this up. I mean, this is one of the central keys of the prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Accept God's forgiveness. He forgives you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is freeing to be able to forgive. Yes, you okay. can. And don't ask, don't wait for the other person to ask
3: you for forgiveness. No, forgive them. Forgive them before they ask. Mm-hmm. I heard that from Paul and never Yeah, you know, you mentioned that and it made me get back to
1: my story about the spark plugs. When I went into the store and I gave this guy the spark plugs back, he, he really is appreciative of me doing that. And he says, I knew you took them.
0: <laughs>
1: I was wondering what was going to happen, whether you would ever acknowledge them. But he knew. Okay you. Today's world, please understand. In yeah. today's world with cameras everywhere, you can't get one. <laughs>
3: <Fair enough. Okay. laughs> we still do it. He, he, he forgave
1: you nice. without the Yes, yeah. we'll He knew it. Yeah. Yeah. He knew it, and he knew every time I came into that store, that place <laughs> for a couple of times, what I was going to do. And he could have stopped
3: me.
2: Yeah.
3: But he didn't. Sometimes our forgiving others requires us to address that with them. Uh, well,
1: I, n- Sometimes. Now I address that with them. Sometimes I need, we need to address that with first ourselves first. Yeah. That's right. We need to address that with ourselves. To see what he do Okay. This is tough. I, as you remember when I said at the very beginning, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, it's easy to say the words
5: but how difficult this is it to live what you're saying how difficult is it to live what you're saying All right, I've
1: got 15 minutes to get through a couple more positions oh this is another good one and lead us not into temptation
5: What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition
1: that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us nor mislead us into false belief, despair, or other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray we may finally overcome them and do victory. This is a reality and lead us not into temptation some of the newer translations say save us in the time
5: of trial save us from ourselves well it could be save us from ourselves sometimes okay but understand this is an ongoing battle I don't know, I sometimes we think we forget that That it's an ongoing battle every minute of our lives. And it's, you know, I know some people just get tired of Luther because he always talks about the devil, okay? (laughs) The devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We battle with ourselves all the time. We struggle. Think about what we've been talking about. Think about the petitions we've already said.
1: Save us in the time of trial. Give us the ability to overcome what we have
5: to struggle with all the time. That means it's not done by our selves. That little thing beforehand that we all
1: talked about, that person of the Trinity we have the most struggle with,
5: the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that's taken up residence there. Help me. Have you ever been in one of those moments? Where sometimes it just. Have you ever. Lead us
1: down to temptation. You ever been in one of those tempting moments? Whether you want to admit to them or not. And you ever said. God help me avoid this. Help me not do.
5: What I want, I feel like I should do, and you have ever noticed what happens? My own experience is that's all you need to say. Because it changes your whole inner thought process. I want to be even with you for what you did. <laughs> see how it. God! It just—it changes. It changes what's happening up here. And lead us not into temptation. Save us in the time of trial. We are attacked by these things all the time. Why do bad things happen to good people?
0: Yes, Cain and Abel and, and God saying to Cain, what are you so angry about? You know, sin is crouching at the door and wants to rule over you. I mean that's a that's the the devil image, but it's the it came out of his anger, his jealousy of his of his brother's offering that God. You know, but that idea that he was angry about something and God said, Hey, can't you see? That's That's sin wanting to rule over you.
1: What happens when you say something in anger? Is it usually what you want to say? And
0: it just heightens the tension. The, The emotions just heighten the whole tension of it. Just heightens everything. We speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: I have any husband or wife sitting here that hasn't
3: <laughs>
1: understand what that means? Okay. We draw, our families.
3: Our families. Mm-hmm. We draw them not a lot in the prison industry mm-hmm. because we tell them don't react. Respond. Respond meaning think first we so got, got most of them in trouble in the first place. Reactor. Yeah. Emotion.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Save us in the time of trial. Save us in the time of trial. This then is what leads us not into temptation means. It refers to time when God gives us power and strength to resist temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 However, the temptation is not taken away or removed. While we live in the flesh, we have the devil around us. No one can escape this temptation and lure. It can only mean that we must endure trials, indeed be engulfed in them. But we say this, this prayer so that we might not fall and be drowned in them. In Christ, God's people stand firm in faith together. Notice Luther's being realistic here. While we live in the flesh and the devil around us, no one can escape his temptations and his lures. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Remember, he's also known as the great deceiver. (laughs) Lead us not into temptation. Then let's go on. but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Help me get through it. Help me get through it. Therefore, we finally sum it all up and say, Dear Father, pray, help that we be rid of all these calamities. But there is nevertheless also included whatever evil may happen to us under the devil's kingdom. Poverty, shame, death, and in short, all agonizing misery and heartache, which there is such an unnumbered multitude on earth. For since the devil is not only a liar, but also our murderer. He constantly seeks our life and wrecks his anger wherever he can afflict our bodies with misfortune and harm. Hence it comes that he often breaks men's necks or drives, drives them to insanity, drowns them, incites them to many to commit suicide and to many other terrible calamities. Therefore, there is nothing for us to do upon earth but to pray against this arch enemy without ceasing. For unless God preserved us, we would not be safe from Him even for, and I would rephrase Luther even a minute. <coughs> Save us in the time of trial. Now, some of this, if some of you have a little hard time with Luther in certain parts of this, remember where Luther's coming from and when Luther wrote this. Okay? Yeah. I read and I put this down. I thought, oh, somebody's going to give a little Luther. But remember what Luther's talking about here. Luther's not talking about psychology. Luther would probably have no problems quoting the scriptures, which says, "If you're not for me, you are." And the power of the devil. The power of evil, the power of whatever you want to call it in today's world or in the world that we live in. I sometimes think we have a tendency to downplay that. This is not the king, this is the kingdom. God's kingdom is here now. But at the same time, whose kingdom is this? Now, we don't sometimes like to talk like this, but sometimes I think we need to acknowledge it. I'm not saying you have to totally buy it one, 200%, but you need to acknowledge it. Yeah, John?
6: Um, I'm getting this from C.S. Lewis. If you are Satan, then you want one of two things. Either you want people to be afraid of you so that they're so afraid of you they, they don't look at Jesus, or you want them to think you're not there. I was blessed to be in a Bible class, where we spent four weeks studying how mankind has been taught over the past 500 years that there's no such thing as the supernatural. And there's certainly no such thing as supernatural evil beings that are here. But Jesus talked to him. There were, there were, and so, I mean, to believe scripture, then Jesus talked to him. Now, to, we don't want to know any more than that. It's just like it's worse than a lion in this room that would be pretty bad. It's worse than that beyond regard. It, there was a book written, I don't know, was back
1: at the seminary. I think it's totally out of print. I've never been able to find the book anymore. It's by Carl Menninger. You all know Menninger. What but, became of sin? Whatever became of sin. It really is the greatest deception of
5: all. If there is no sin, there is no need for
1: a Savior.
3: And how many churches have fallen into that by saying, well, it was a shortcoming, uh, or uh, it was a mistake. No, it was sin.
5: Well,
1: yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. What, what does the word sin mean? And it's pure definition. Miss
3: the mark. Mm-hmm.
1: Miss the mark. If you're shooting for Atari, if you're looking at it, you miss the mark, okay? You missed the mark. And, and I always used to, you know, my great Sunday school teacher... Can't remember her name, but she was a great Sunday school teacher who always reminded me what's the letter in the middle of sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember from her, but that was good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. It's good to bring up managers because a highly regarded psychologist, yes. psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever it was, but he put it back really on the church saying. If, if, if he, he gives the answer in terms of the church. That if we say there's no sin, we don't give the opportunity for that freeing up of forgiveness. If we and say, that that's what the church offers, is forgiveness
5: in Christ. If we say we do not sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not enough.
4: <laughs> I have a little bit of a, a struggle understanding I, it seems to me that Luther is maybe using trial and temptation almost interchangeably, and I think they're different. Um, when he says whatever may hap- evil may happen to us under the devil's kingdom, poverty, shame, death, and in short, all the agonizing min- misery and heartache, um, I don't think that's temptation. It may be the devil's kingdom because we're here on earth, but um, that, to me that's not temptation where you're where you are tempted to do something evil this is just part of life that and a trial and I think God sometimes does allow us to face trials he may not allow us to go into temptation but doesn't he talk about the fire refining gold and mm-hmm. um, you know so, I just think there's a difference between a trial which everybody has whether you've done anything to deserve it or not just by virtue of being a human being you're going to have trials in your life but temptation seems different to me that that that's something that you have some control over um, you don't have to give in to temptation there may be trials you, it's just you lose your job, in they seem different case, to me. In Thank both you.
1: cases, I might agree with you, but in both cases, I'm going to say to you, in both cases, the struggle with it and to get through it and out of it is your dependent, dependency upon God. I, I can agree with that. And I think that's where Luther is going with that. Okay. Whether we use the word temptation, whether we use the word trials, Luther is always bringing it back the great, and I have ten thirty. I'm probably off the air. <laughs> I want to thank you. I have I could have another week, but I don't have another week. Um, it's been special. Uh, the only thing I had to get used to was getting up early in the morning and going to, go to a <laughs> park <o'clock> church. <laughs> or do you can have your cute spot back again? <laughs> uh, uh, and but um, we give thanks and, and where are your papers? One of the things you probably and I'm gonna give you the end of this is the the Lord's Prayer does not end with is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Okay? It ends with Amen, and that's it. Okay? This was added on. Those of you that have gone to some other traditions, especially if you go into a Roman Catholic church, you're going right along, and everybody else is talking. <laughs> okay? All right? Um, the words are not in Luther's small catechism. Remember, it just ends with all men. Mm-hmm. So be it. And every time we pray this prayer and we say that, all men, so be it. Think of what we are saying. Not only for the positive <clears throat> sides of this prayer, but what also we're asking in this prayer to happen in the world and in our lives. And with that, let's close with the Lord's Prayer. And again, my final word to you when you can't figure out what to pray, how to pray, or whatever else, you've got the prayer that says it all.
0: Thank you all. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.